My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Basha here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Jenny Melrose. She has courses that teach blogging and pitching for sponsorships and launching a product. She's also the host of the Influencer Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Basha. I'm excited about the conversation. Oh, me too. hundred percent. It's a pleasure to have you. I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcast, your challenges and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have a lot of great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Yes. No, of course. So I started off blogging back when dinosaurs roamed the internet. That's what I like to say. Um, back in 2010, actually, I created a lifestyle site that pivoted into a food blog by the time I sold it in 2019. Um, I was also a full-time inner city school district teacher at the time that had just had my first daughter that was six months old and started the site because I lost myself as a new mother. So I was really just looking to be able to put content out there. I love to write and then quickly saw that I could turn it into a business, went to a conference, met a bunch of women that were very successful, six-figure bloggers that had left what they used to do. And I realized that was what I wanted to do and quickly tried to figure out the best ways to monetize, turn my blog into a business. Um, and back in 2015, I was able to retire from teaching because my blog had replaced my teacher salary of 75,000. And we moved from New York down to North Carolina where I then was getting asked to speak pretty much at every blogging conference around the country because they wanted to know how I was able to leave, but kind of spread amongst the bloggers that I left. Um, and they knew that my site was never ginormous where I was getting a ton of traffic, but I made a large portion of my income from sponsored content. And that was what I was getting asked to speak about. So I quickly realized after speaking at these conferences that I needed to step back into my teacher background, create a course, create workshops, do all the things to be able to educate so that when people would ask me questions after I left a conference, I could say, here's the product, here's the in, the opt-in, the whatever you needed, here's all of the information. And I created JennyMelrose.com, which then also came with a podcast, which I have now had for six years, which is just crazy to, to say. And also published my first book back in 2020, a week before COVID hit. So <laughs> it's been a journey. Oh, it sounds like a hundred percent. So, oh my gosh, I had a question that I was going to ask and it completely, oh, okay. What were some of the biggest challenges that came around getting your first sponsorship? Did you go and you ask for it? Did somebody offer it to you? How did that look? Yes. So there wasn't a lot of information back in 2011, 2012 about how to get sponsorships. And I did, we, there were networks though, at the time where you could sign up, you would put in your social media numbers, your page views and a bio. And that was probably where my first sponsorship came from. It might've been for a hundred bucks. It was totally not worth it. 
but I quickly learned what I loved about it and what I hated about it. And I think for me, it was always, I didn't like having a middleman. I wanted to talk directly to the brand. I wanted to understand exactly what they were trying to, what their KPIs were, what they were trying to, what, how they were going to measure their return on investment for me. Um, so I, after that sponsorship, figured out how to start pitching, started to look around the house. What were the things I was already talking about product wise and started pitching them myself and then came up with a process that I teach today for people to be able to get consistent recurring revenue, because that was a difference. I didn't want to do a one and done kind of sponsorship where they paid me hundred bucks or they paid me a thousand dollars. I wanted it to be long-term where I was routinely working with them, creating content with for them over a course of three months, six months, five years even, um, because that was how it was going to be the recurring revenue that I could depend upon for my business and for my family. Do you think that blogging is still a good space to get into? Yes. Without hesitation. I get asked that all the time. It absolutely is. It is the one of the best ways to be able to establish yourself with credibility, to be able to take advantage of the SEO that is provided when you are understanding how to do keyword research and come up when someone is searching for a problem. The first place they're going to go is they're going to Google it. Let's be honest. You don't know how the answer to a question. Even my kids know who are nine and 13 Google it. That's where I'm going to go. So if you are answering the questions that they have, and then when they go to Google it and you're solving that problem for them, if you have a product or service that fully solves that problem, that's how you're going to be able to sell that product or service. So blogging is absolutely something that I recommend because if people are only relying on social media, you're building your business on rented property. We see right now it happening with TikTok where they're being called in front of Congress with the potential of being shut down. I was yeah. someone who built a very large following on Google Plus. I had over 660,000 followers over on Google Plus and they turned around and shut it down. Um, you never know what's going to happen. And if you solely rely on social media, you're jeopardizing the potential of your business success in the future. Very interesting. So what is your focus going to be for the rest of 2023 with everything kind of up in the air right now? What's your plan? Yes. So I actually am focusing, continuing to focus on my podcast, making sure that there's relevant content to what is happening, the trends that are happening, um, what we are potentially going to be able to see and making sure that my clients have the ability to create content that's going to be found for years. And with a blog, that is how you're able to do it. It's not you post something with a reel and it's gone in a week or the you know, the ability for it to trend or to go viral goes away. The potential of having that actual blog is so much more important. So I am creating more content. I'm actually in the process of building a blogging course for those that I am seeing, because I'm getting a lot of influencers that will come to me and say, I want to do sponsorships. And then we'll look and they have TikTok, which is fabulous. Um, but they have nothing again if something were to happen. And a lot of them are starting to panic. Right. So understanding how to build a website, a blog that is going to be able to give that credibility and the ability to have that foundation for a business is really where my focus is for this year. I host um, a summit in May and September meant for bloggers and that are looking to grow their blog, be an entrepreneur, and really run it like a business. Mm -hmm. 
a question that completely slipped my mind. So <laughs> we're going to move no, on to the next good. one and hope that it comes back to me. Yes. Um, what do you wish that you knew back when you first, oh, actually, sorry, never mind. I remember the question now. My apologies. Okay. Oh my gosh. What is your favorite or like biggest success story that you have for one of your clients? Um, oh, for one of my clients. So I would actually say that there's one for myself that I had when I was a blogger and I was starting to try to pitch. I was, um, approached by Neutrogena to do, it was when they were pushing their skincare as far as the sunscreen. And they wanted me to put up a video on my Facebook page of Kristen Bell, this cute little advertisement, and they wanted me to do it for free. And it is my, I don't do things for free at that time. I don't do things in exchange for product either. And I just simply said, listen, this is the perfect fit. I have two daughters with very different skin type. I only use Neutrogena. I love your sunscreen, but in order to keep the integrity of my site to my readers and any previous brands I've worked with, I only work on compensated content. I'd love to send you a proposal. Send us over a proposal. Let's see what we can do. Sent over a proposal for multiple deliverables, $2,500, sure, no problem. After that, returned and pitched them again for another three-month contract. I had a contract with Neutrogena for probably about two and a half years, and it resulted in over $15,000 for something that they wanted me to do for free. So being able to know my value and to stand up for myself and to be able to articulate, this is what I have as far as the engagement and why you would want to get in front of my audience, I think was huge for me. And seeing that I know what I'm doing, I am a business, and now I need to teach other women how to know how to do this for themselves as well. For my clients, I would say the biggest success for me recently has been, I actually work with a therapist that is a trainer for other therapists will deal with grad students. And she have, when she came to me, felt very run down, was always an inside her actual practice, but was developing a course that she wouldn't have to actually be in the classroom anymore. It would be something evergreen that she could, they could naturally purchase and just make part of her funnel. And I think it was just a couple of months ago, she came to me and said, I doubled my income after working with you for a year because oh. I've been able to step away from my practice, my course, and now I'm developing more of a customer journey for all of potential other products rather than being stuck inside the counseling office. That's amazing. I love that. Oh my gosh. What do you wish that you knew back when you first started that you know now? Oh, without a doubt, keyword research and understanding <laughs> SEO. Um, it was something that I always tried to put off as, oh, it's too techy. I can rely on social media. I can rely on Pinterest and go to Facebook and use Google+. Um, but once I took the time to just understand keyword research, to understand that all I'm looking for are the words that people are using when they search for the problem that I'm answering. That's all I have to understand is what are the words that they're using? I can't call it something cutesy. It has to be the actual problem, the words that they are using. Once I realized that and I could create content around that, it changed the game because now my content is found by those people looking for it because I'm ranking in Google. Um, and it's also helping to be able to grow my email list as well as grow my podcast and everything else that is surrounded around my business that we have made sure to interlink within to create that spider web of let's keep you here on my site and see that I provide you with all of the answers that you need to have, no matter 
what way you prefer to learn, whether you want to read it, you want to listen to it, you want to see the video, whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, in your industry, I'd imagine that SEO is pretty crucial. You can't, you don't really have SEO when it comes to like Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, you know, you have to adjust to an algorithm versus here. You, you kind of need SEO. <laughs> yes, absolutely. What, with all of your success, what is your biggest challenge today? Um, oh, that is such a good question. I think the biggest challenge is still staying on top of everything that changes. This is an industry that changes very quickly. And there are a lot of the sky is falling when it comes to not only social media, of course, but also blogging in general with AI becoming a force and we're hearing more and more about it and how to use it. Um, I've always been one to kind of plug my ears when I start hearing the sky is falling kind of hysteria that a lot of people will go to. I want to first research it myself and figure out how I can make it work for my business and the goals within my business. So I think staying on top of the trends and what is happening and with technology is always something that is a little bit of a struggle because it's a continuous having to educate and learn about what is out there. That's that's the difficult thing with it is that you can't just stop and not keep up with it because by the time that you decide, okay, yeah, I'll I'll figure out what's going on, they're like light years ahead of you and you have to do all of this catching up to figure out what the hell is going on. Yes. So it yes. sucks. How are, how are you planning on utilizing AI for your business? Yes. So I already am using AI and for me, I'm using it in a way in which it gets the creative juices going and it gives me a better understanding what people are asking. So I start off with, even for my podcast, I, prior to any podcast interview I do, I do keyword research prior to it. They'll give me kind of suggestions of what they want to talk about. I'll do the keyword research and then I create the questions. Well, when I've been creating the questions, I've been going to AI and asking what are the questions that people ask about this keyword, whatever it is. So if they're asking about email marketing or they're talking about um, the latest trends on TikTok, I'm going to AI looking for it. Now, it may not work for latest trends on TikTok because AI isn't quite caught up to that. I believe the database right now only goes back to like 2021. So latest trends may not be the best question to ask there. But if I'm asking about email marketing or foundational things, I'll look to see what the questions are that AI shoots me out. And then those are the questions I'm using for my interview because they are based on the keyword research that I've always already done. It's telling me this is what people are asking. And then I'm just getting the answers from my guests or when I'm doing the actual podcast. And then when I create the blog post that goes along with it, it's already has the structure with the headings that is vital for SEO in order for Google to crawl the site. So AI is really speeding up my process of being able to get me moving, not writing the entire thing. And of course, if it's not something that I would say, I always go back to edit it to make sure that it sounds like my voice, but it's getting me started. It's moving it quicker. I'm sure it helps with writer's block too. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is so that's, I really like that idea though, by asking, you know, what, what topics they want to talk about and using that to generate questions. That's genius. I love that. I'm going to have to try that. <laughs> it makes it so much quicker. And the other way that I'm using AI is to do like outlines. Um, for example, if I'm creating a new workshop or a course, a new presentation, I'll just put in like, write me an outline for 
sponsored content or whatever it might be. Um, and then based upon that outline that it gives me, those become my slides. I create it. And then all of the content that I'm creating behind the slides is of course my voice. Cause a lot of times I'm doing it live or I'm recording it afterwards. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, I would love to cover your podcast really quick. What of was the, let's, let's start with this. What was the intention behind starting the podcast? It was because I love to talk. I'm a fast talker because I grew up in New York. Um, I'm also an educator. I love to teach. And that is hard for it to come across always in my writing. Whereas I, when I'm speaking, I can say, you're going to go get a pen and paper and here's what we're going to do. Um, and we're going to be able to move forward and actually get that activity or that strategy down and have actionable items to, to take with us moving out of an episode. Um, so for me, a podcast was really about getting my voice out there. It was a way for it to happen quicker because I could speak much faster, of course, and then we could just turn it and transcribe it and then have it out there. And it became part of what my team did. It was easy for me to be able to be the one that was in front of the microwave, microwave. Oh my goodness. <laughs> microphone. And then be able to hand off the rest of the process to my team, because that has definitely been a piece of being able to scale and grow my business has been able to figure out what can I delegate? What do I have SOPs in place for so that I can move it so that it's just me when it needs to be me. And it doesn't always have to be me writing the blog post and all the pieces that go into that side. Do you have any advice for entrepreneurs who are trying to get from the six figure to the seven figure level? I would say, look at your systems. I think that's the biggest place that you can normally make money up in it's because your systems, if you are doing all the things or you're doing things that are minimal brain power and don't need to be you being able to hand that off so that you can then turn around and be able to think about, okay, what is the next step that I can scale this? What course, what project, what program can I add into this to make my funnel better to improve it so that it's just going to continue to grow? I think your creativity and the ability to be the CEO is what makes a difference from six to seven. Thank you for that. Anyway, we can go back to the podcast. I just had to, had to ask that really quick. No, of course. What was the, I guess, what's the meaning behind the name Influ Influencer Entrepreneur? Why, why did you choose that title? Yes. Um, so when I started the podcast, I want to say it was like 2016, 17, somewhere around there. Um, and influencer was thrown around a lot. Bloggers didn't like to say they were bloggers, but we were okay saying we were influencers and what I needed all of my bloggers and influencers to understand is they had to be entrepreneurs. They had to understand that they had to be business owners. That was probably one of the biggest mistakes that I would see a lot of them making is that they would be willing to work for an exchange for product, or they would be willing to do things for free, or they wouldn't set boundaries with their family as far as trying to run the business. They would say, oh, they're just blogging. And they would put it off for weeks on end before they would get done with the project instead of setting quarterly goals and making sure their tasks were aligned and having SOPs. Those were not things that I saw them. So I quickly wanted them to understand you are an influencer entrepreneur. You are a business owner that is going to be able to look at yourself as the CEO. And by using that influencer name, it was to be able, those, that's how they identified themselves, especially back then. Interesting. So what kinds of topics do you cover on the podcast? We talk about anything from 
keyword research to SEO, creating a blog, to email marketing, how to actually generate leads, to then your sales funnel, creating a product and a service, and how to routinely be able to make um, money off of that, as well as the social media, what is working on Instagram, what's happening over on TikTok. How can you utilize that for sponsored content and make sure that you are setting yourself apart when you're creating a proposal and working with a brand long-term? What have some of the biggest challenges been around growing the podcast? I would say that when I started the podcast, podcasting was not known. My own husband didn't know what a podcast was. Um, <laughs> I went to a conference. I spoke at podcast movement years ago and one of the speakers got up and said, when you leave this and go out for lunch, I want you to ask not someone that's here with you, but someone that's not someone that understands podcasting with someone else out in the street and ask them if they know what a podcast is. And I laughed and went to lunch actually with my husband who was there with me because I was speaking. And I said to him, I'm like, Hey, do you know what a podcast is? And he kind of looked at me and he was like, no, I'm like, well, would you listen to one? If it was like about the Raiders? Cause he's a huge Raiders fan. And he kind of was like, I, I guess so, but it seems dumb. <laughs> he just didn't understand it. So at that time, that was the biggest challenge is even my audience that I already had, my bloggers weren't listening to podcasts so readily. So now that more people have come to podcasting, I think it's just really about getting in front of new audiences because podcast listeners are podcast listeners. They're going to jump from one to the next once they hear a voice and connect with the strategies and trainings that are being taught by that person. And that's one of the best ways I think to grow is by guesting on other shows. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. What do you love the most about podcasting? The ability for my voice to be in someone's ear and them feel like they know me. Uh, the first time I realized this, I was speaking at a smaller blogger retreat and I got on the, I was sitting, listening to someone give their like presentation. I asked a question because I felt like I could feel that questions weren't totally answered. And someone had a question nearby, heard them ask what they weren't going to ask it. So I raised my hand and called on me and I asked the question. I got up to go use the bathroom and walk by three girls and they immediately stopped me and said, we had no idea who you were or what you looked like. The second you asked your question, we knew it was you. That to me was kind of like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard that I have a voice that you can easily recognize like that. I've had other clients tell me their kids know my voice because they'll listen to me on the way to pick up. Um, and they'll, their kids will ask, Oh, is that Jenny? Is Jenny telling us about something else? And I just Aww. find that. So it is, it's that kind of like, Holy crap, I am making an impact, which for me is what it has always been about. That has been my mission in creating my site and my podcast was to be able to have as many little girls in my clients' lives, see them learning about being able to run their own business and then seeing their parents or their cousins or their aunts or their grandparents actually doing that so that they know that they could as well. That's amazing. I love that. Oh my gosh. You must've gotten chills when that happened. It's like, oh, somebody recognized yes. me. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> like interesting. A celebrity. Especially when it's for your voice, it's even weirder. <laughs> you do have a very unique voice, though. I'll, I'll I'll give you that. You do have a very like I. You don't hear a lot of people that sound like you. You know. Thank. You. I guess. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, that's a good thing. It's a good thing, especially as a podcaster, because then you have moments like that. 
Yes. All right, Jenny, oh, thank sure. you. Thank you so much for coming on. If you had to give one piece of advice to anybody who either wants to start a podcast or wants to get into blogging and get sponsorships, what would it be? I would say understand the problem that you solve for your audience, because once you understand that you can start creating content around that, whether it is a blog or it is a podcast, you have to know the problem that you solve so that you can continue to create that content to attract that ideal audience. All right. And then if anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Yes. If you go to jennymelrose.com, you will actually find there that I have a guide that teaches you how to pitch. I also have a blogging, like a pro guide, um, a couple different freebies that are there so that you can really get a better understanding, get started and feel like you can make those actionable steps to forward into what you're looking to do. All right. Awesome. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.